But we're really excited for today, too, and we want to welcome all of you to our Family Worship Sunday. And today's going to be a special day where we get some of our young folks involved in the service, and they're going to take care of the communion and the scripture reading and the prayers and all that kind of good stuff. And I love Family Worship Day, so I'm glad that you chose to be here with us. We'll also have a very special message from our, our children's minister, Glenn Alsip. So the best part is you don't even have to hear me talk after this. So we'll have Glenn up here just a little bit later to bring us what I'm sure will be a fantastic message. And my son Lucas is actually going to lead us this morning in our opening prayer. So if you would, please bow with us. My fingers here, my fingers there. Put them together in quiet prayer. Thank you, thank you, my heart sinks. Thank you, God, for everything. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lucas. And we're going to go ahead and continue this morning with our worship service. Good morning. God is good. We serve, a, we serve a heavenly father that loves us so much that he sacrificed his own son for us. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. This morning as we partake of the Lord's Supper, let's reflect on that great sacrifice. Jesus came to earth and suffered many things. He died on the cross for our sins. Because of our Heavenly Father and Savior, we have hope of eternal life. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your Son to die on the cross for our sins. Please forgive us of our sins and help us to always remember the pain and suffering that took place so that we can have hope of eternal life. Be with us as we partake of the bread, which to Christians represents your Son's body. In Jesus' name, amen. Good morning. To continue our communion service, I'll be reading from John chapter 6, verse 53. Truly, truly I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Please bow your heads to me in a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day and we hope that we can all be safe and healthy. Thank you for helping, guide, helping to guide us in times of struggle and in times of need. Thank you for helping those who need your support, Lord. We come to you again remembering Christ's sacrifice as we now take this fruit of the vine which represents Jesus' bloodshed for us on the cross. We ask that we keep our minds on you as we take this communion. In Jesus' name, I send the prayer. Amen. Today I'll be reading a verse from 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 6 through 9. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will reap generously. Each man should give what he has decided in his heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound to you. So that in all good things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. As is written, he has scattered abroad his gifts to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. 
As we learn from this scripture, we have a responsibility to help those in need. Giving to our church is one way we can do this. What we give helps support our church and all the good things it does for our community. There are many easy ways you may give to the work of this church. The first way is you can go to the church website, touch the menu button, and then select the second option labeled online giving. The second way is you can download the Easy Tides app and give one time or set of reoccurring giving. The third way is you can mail or drop off your contribution to the church office. And the fourth and final way is you can place your contribution in one of the baskets located at the back of the auditorium. Please bow your head and pray with me. Dear God, thank you for blessing us each day. And please help us remember the importance of giving. We ask that you use what we give to help those who are in need and, we, and make our world better by sharing your love with everyone. We ask this in your name. In Jesus' name, amen. Good morning. Today I will be re reading from the book of John, chapter 21, verses 15 through 17. So when they had eaten breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, Feed my lambs. He said to him a second time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, Tend my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, Do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know all things. You know I love you. Jesus said to him, Feed my sheep. Let us bow in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this beautiful day. We love you, Lord, and we ask you to help us to always share your love and message with others. Help us to always look for your guidance and keep us safe. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. First off, I want to thank the young men for leading us in worship today. Great job. I know it takes a lot of courage to come up here. Welcome to the first family worship of 2022. It's always, it's always exciting to start a brand new year, isn't it? Maybe for some it's a continuation. Maybe for others it's a reset. Or maybe it's a fresh new start. I'm just curious. If you've ever made a New Year's resolution or maybe goal planning, or, or maybe, maybe some call it passion planning. Raise your hand. It's a good thing to do, right? Each year, millions of people around the world will assess their lives, and they'll see where they need to improve, where they need to make a change. And they'll try to spark that change, maybe to have a happier life, or maybe to have a more meaningful life. Data tells us that people that do this, out of those people, only 80% that make a resolution or a goal for New Year's Eve will still be trying to accomplish that goal by February 1st. That's sad, isn't it? That means 80% have just about already given up on that goal. In fact, only 10% will see that goal all the way through. 
They'll stay committed. They'll accomplish the goal. Only 10%. So we're trying to make our lives better. We're trying to come up with goals, trying to improve our lives. Yet we give up. And those goals become un unfulfilled. So this morning, I want to ask the question, what's holding you back? What's holding us back from living the type of lives that we know we should be living? What's holding us back from doing the things we know we should be doing in life? Why do we give up so easily? A poll was taken. And here's the top 10 most popular resolutions made by Americans. Exercise more. Lose weight. I will tell you, those two goals have been my goals for the last 30 years. <laughs> I've yet to accomplish it. Travel more. Financial well-being. Save more and spend less money. Live life to the fullest. Get organized. Learn something new. Quit bad ha habits like smoking, drinking, drugs, or bad relationships. Read and study more. Or spend more time with loved ones. Those are good goals, aren't they? Those are good things to strive for. Yet the majority of time we fail when we try to accomplish these types of goals. When I was young, I had a goal. I made a resolution, I had a goal. I was gonna start my own business and get rich. And I had a business partner. His name was Michael Lillard. He's here with us this morning. It was the summer of 88. It was our junior year in high school. And we were gonna start a gardening company. We had 70 families at church. And we were going to do all of their yards over that summer. We set the price of $50 per yard. We wanted to undercut the competition. And we advertised, and we quickly started to sign up families. We headed out to our first house. And you know, in hindsight, we probably should have looked at the yards before we came up with the price. <laughs> But we assessed the yard, and, and we were young, we were strong. We thought we could finish this in four hours. So we started working. And three days later, we were still working on that first house. So we called my dad out to help us. Although that was a setback, we still felt like we were good businessmen because we only paid dad $5 an hour, and we kept the rest as management fees. Yes. Well, then we headed to our next house, and that was the preacher's house. He lived further out in the desert, and his front yard and backyard was grown full of weeds. It, looks like, it looked like he put his house right in the middle of the desert. So we started working, and a, a week had gone by. It was Friday, and it didn't even look like we had done anything. Well, we didn't want to end up in the sermon that Sunday, so we rolled up our sleeves and we called dad back out. <laughs> this time he brought a drag, hooked it up to the truck. He was able to do the backyard, we did the front yard, and we finished. 
But as we assessed our business after paying dad, we were making $40 a week. That meant we were each only making 50 cents per hour. So we made the hard decision to retire. <laughs> we gave up on our business there. The truth is, we weren't prepared to do that kind of work. It was hard work. And it wasn't fun. So we gave up. And isn't that what we do in our lives sometimes? We know we need to get better. We know we must improve. Yet, it's just a little bit too hard. It takes too much effort. It's not fun. So we just give up. But what gets in our way? Why do we quit so easily on life? What's so hard? Here's a list of things that get in our way, and I'm not going to read over all these, but our comfort level. We like to be comfortable. That gets in our way. Fear of failure. We don't like to fear failure. We don't like to mess up, so we, we just give up. Worry and stress. That's, that gets in our way, doesn't it? And we give up. Procrastination. You know, I haven't given up on my goals this year, but I have moved them back about three times. And we do that, don't we? We have goals and we move them back. And the next thing we know, it's time to come up with goals again. And we procrastinate doing what we know we, we should do. Laziness. Sometimes it's more exciting to sit back on the couch and watch TV than to get out there and work hard and do what we know we need to do. And fear again, fear of so many things. Fear holds us back from being who we know that we should be. And the truth of the matter is, we get in our way. We are the reasons why we don't grow at times. We are the ones that hold ourselves back when we know that we need to improve upon life. So just to recap, we assess our, our lives and we set a goal. And then we come up with a plan. And then we have a setback. Maybe the work's too hard. Maybe we become afraid. Maybe we're tired. And then we end up doing nothing to improve ourselves. And that cycle repeats itself over and over again. Now, I don't want to make it sound like we don't accomplish goals. And looking around the room, I see some very successful business people. You don't get there without having goals and working hard. I see some amazing parents. You don't get there without having goals and working hard. I see some amazing Christians. You don't get there without having goals and working hard. But I think if we were all honest with ourselves, we would see that there's areas in our life that we must and we need to improve at. And we haven't done it. And that's a tough cycle. So how do we stop this cycle? How do we improve? How do we get to the point where we're growing and moving in the direction that we want to move in? This morning, we're going to talk about effort. It takes hard work to grow. It takes commitment. We're going to talk about fearlessness. We can't let fear hold us back. 
We can't let fear get in the way of us. And then we're going to bring God into this equation. We're going to talk about leaning on God. God needs to be a part of everything that we do. He needs to be with us in our daily lives. And this morning, we're going to talk about one of my favorite Bible characters, and that's Peter. I thought Peter was someone that tried really hard. He wanted to be the best. Yet, poor Peter messed up quite a bit. And I feel like that's my life. I really want to strive for excellence. I want to be great in everything I do. Yet, sometimes I just mess up. So let's look at effort. Jesus was walking by the Sea of Galilee. And he noticed two empty boats, and he got into one. And he started to preach to the crowds. But that boat belonged to Peter and Andrew. And he asked them to take him out into deeper waters. And when they were out there, he noticed they had nets. And he said, place your nets out on the right-hand side of the boat. And Peter said, Master, we've been fishing all night. They're not biting. It's, it's not going to work. And he said, place your nets out over the boat. And they did. And they caught so many fish, the nets started to come apart. And they had to call another boat to come and rescue them. And they got all the fish to shore. And there Jesus said, follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men. And Peter dropped everything and followed Jesus. Now, one thing I want to point out, Peter was a fisherman. This was his livelihood. Think about how much money he would have had to take care of his family. But he left it. He left his friends and family. And he followed Jesus. That takes effort, doesn't it? It takes commitment. But we know that wasn't the end. We know that Peter continued to follow Christ. We know he, he was essential on the day of Pentecost. We know that he went on to preach to the Gentiles. He stayed committed. He gave the effort in his life. And I want to ask the question, if this was us, and Jesus called on us, would we have dropped everything and followed because, you know, the truth of the matter is Jesus is calling us. He's calling us to live a holy and righteous life. To give up the things of the world. And it takes effort to achieve those types of things. We also need to be fearless. The disciples were out on a boat very early in the morning. It was still dark. And there was a raging sea. And they became afraid because they saw what looked like a ghost walking towards them. And Jesus said, do not be afraid, for it is I. And Peter said, Lord, if it's you, call me out onto the water. And Jesus said, come. And Peter got out of the safety of the boat and stepped into a raging sea. And he walked on water. Now, we know that he took his eyes off Jesus and had fear. And he began to drown, and Jesus reached down and saved him. And Jesus chastised him for not having 
faith and for taking his eyes off of him. But let's pause for a moment. Think about all the reasons Peter had not to get out of that boat. It's not logical, is it? He got out of the boat, even though it wasn't the safest thing to do. And he did walk on water. I didn't see the disciples following him. He was by himself, trying to be with Jesus. Let me ask you a question. If you were on that boat, would you have gotten out? Imagine for a moment how great we could be in our lives if we were willing to get out of the comfort of the boat. Imagine how great we would be if we went for it and we didn't let fear hold us back. But I kind of like the story the way it turned out because it's okay to have some fear, isn't it? It's normal. As long as we don't let the fear hold us back. And I like how Jesus rescued him because isn't Jesus with us at all times? When we get out of the boat and when we take on, on things that scare us and we get scared and we have fear, isn't Jesus there to protect us? It's always important to remember. You know, one of the things that holds me back with fear is fear of failure. I do not like to mess up. It bothers me. In my life, I have held back at times because I've been afraid that I couldn't do the type of job that I knew I needed to do. So it's easier just not to do it. But if we look at Peter's life, he did have a major failure in his life. He really messed up. If we look at Matthew chapter 26, starting with verse 31, it says, Then Jesus told them, This very night you will all fall away on account of me, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd, and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I have risen, I will go ahead of you into Galilee. Peter replied, Even if all fall away on account of you, I never will. Truly I tell you, Jesus answered, this very night before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. Now I love Peter's courage, right? He's saying, I I'm not going to forsake you. I'm not going to scatter. I'm with you, Jesus. And early on he was. Jesus was praying in the garden. And the guards came to arrest him. And Peter cut off an ear. Peter was going to be there. He was standing up for Jesus. But they arrested Jesus. And just as Jesus said, everyone scattered. But Peter was going to stay close to Jesus. Peter stayed as close as he could. And he was in the courtyard around a fire. And a girl came up and recognized him. And said, hey, you're one of them. You were one of those men around Jesus. And Peter denied it, didn't he? He didn't want to be thrown in jail. He was scared. He had fear. And then another person came up and recognized Peter. And once again, Peter denied it. That's number two. Then a man came up to Peter. An hour later, 
and accused Peter of the same thing. And in Luke chapter 22, starting with verse 60, Peter replied, Man, I do not know what you're talking about. Just as he was speaking, the rooster crowed. The Lord turned and looked straight at Peter. Then Peter remembered the word the Lord had spoken to him. Before the rooster crows today, you will disown me three times. And then Peter went outside and he wept. He understands failure, doesn't he? In fact, this is what it looks like to disappoint Jesus. He denied Jesus. He turned his back on Jesus. Have you been there? Have you been in your life where fear has caused you to turn your back on Jesus? Have you done something that maybe Jesus doesn't want you to do? You know, people, there's people that quit the church because they can't live up to the expectations. They're so disappointed in themselves for messing up that they think it's easier just to give up and live their own type of life. We can't let failure hold us back. We have to stay strong. We have to lean on God. It's important that our lives are built on the foundation of God. It's important that we have a relationship of God. That's how we're going to succeed. So let's think about Peter for a moment. I would think he's probably having nightmares. Jesus died on the cross. I would think when he goes to sleep at night at this point, he's thinking about Jesus looking right at him with disappointed eyes and hearing the rooster crowing. But yet, he stayed strong. He loved Jesus. He just messed up. Well, we know that Jesus rose from the dead. He conquered death. And he came back to earth for a short visit. And he wanted to speak to his apostles. He wanted to speak to the disciples. He wanted to speak directly to Peter. And in John 21, verse 15, when they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. And Jesus said once again, feed my sheep. Jesus is telling Peter, keep spreading the word. If you love me, keep living your life. Keep doing good. Take care of the family. Jesus is getting ready to ascend into heaven. But he's telling Peter, keep moving on. When we create goals, resolutions, God needs to be a part of them. And we need to know no matter where we go in life, no matter what we do, 
we need to have that strong relationship with God. Matthew 19, verses 26, 26 says, But Jesus looked at them and said to them, With men this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. 1 Corinthians 10, 31. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Church, we should look different from other people. We are children of God. And everything that we do in our lives should be to the glory of God. And we should be strong because God lives within us. We shouldn't be afraid. We shouldn't be lazy. In the workplace, we should outperform everyone because we're working harder because we have a Heavenly Father. In relationships, we should have it down because we're doing everything for the glory of God. In Colossians 3, 23 and 24, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. Everything we need to do needs to be done with our whole hearts, full effort. That verse should make us realize we need to really love what we want to set to do, right? We need to be passionate about our goals. We need to believe in what we're doing. Let's go back to this list one more time. Have any of you had any of these items on the list? No? Who's missing in this list? God. Good job. God's missing from this list. Now, there's some items up there you could say, you know, as far as relationships, you could take it to Scripture. But are we trying as hard in our Christian walk as we are in our personal lives? Meaning, do we care more about having fun, making money, having a nice house, having a great job? Or do we care more about our goals in making God and Jesus proud and growing as Christians? That can be a tough question sometimes, can't it? Let's keep this in mind. Do the goals in our lives align with our Lord? When we assess our lives, are we growing the way that God's called us to grow? Are we living our lives for the glory of God? Are we doing everything to make God proud? And are we working hard to grow and improve our circumstances? Are you growing every day? Are you getting better? Or are you just the same? So let me ask the question one final time. What's holding you back? If you have not been baptized, it's time to get out of the boat and step into the water. There's nothing more important than being baptized into him. Make that your goal. Make it your priority. It's critical in life.
if you're having a hard time growing and you're making the same mistakes over and over and you know you need to be better, but you just can't do it on your own, come forward. Have the family here pray for you. Make sure God's the equation. That's critical. God created us for a purpose. We're children of God. We need to be the type of children that God wants us to be. It's time that we light a fire and we're, we make sure that we're living that life. The message is yours. Please stand and sing as we sing the invitation song. Um.